To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast, episode 46. I got my guys with me, Carlos and Ramon. What's happening, man? What's happening, fellas? How y'all doing? Man, I just had the most fun. This is the most fun time, season, time of the year, man. We just finished our draft, bruh. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I, I think everybody feels good about it around this time, but what's going on? Yeah, man, like he said, we just finished up the draft. I feel kind of good about the players that fell to me. I pretty much got most of the people that I wanted out there. So, uh, like he said, it's really one of the most exciting times of the year is when fantasy is getting kicked off. So, you know, Well, you know the saying is, you always got to check on your strong friends. So I just want to check on you, Ramon. How are you doing, man? Like, you don't have to front in front of us, man. You're in a safe space. This is the podcast. How you really feeling, bro? Man, I, I, I'm trying to make it, bro. It's been a rough, what it's been about 24 hours at this point now. Yeah, uh, I could tell when I, when you came in today, your, your energy was kind of yeah, low. Yeah, it's, it's been a rough 24 hours, man. It, it came out of nowhere, man. Well, for the listeners, I just guess I'll just jump in and explain. If you've been living under a rock, Andrew Luck has retired. I didn't stutter. I didn't make a mistake. Andrew Luck has retired. Uh, a very prominent... Uh, one of NFL superstars, you know, uh, he had a great season last year. One comeback player of the year in 2018 after missing all of 2017. What he had 121 touchdowns so far in his career over seven seasons. Uh, how many yards? 23. Mm, no. Is it 23? I want to say 23,000. Is my memory getting better, man? Am I, <laughs> man? Am I cutting up like that? But either way, uh, at this point, he's he's you know he's one of the elite quarterbacks that came, one of the highly touted quarterbacks, maybe since Peyton Manning coming out of the draft. Uh, yeah, around 23,000. 23, man, 23, check me out. Check me out. So, I mean, on that list, you know, there there's a list of guys who, you know, at that, at that point in their career, you know, w- was projected. Like, Drew Brees at that point had those type of numbers in his career. And, you know, now when it's all said and done, Drew may have be the all-time passing yards leader and all-time touchdown passing yard leader. Uh, Russell Wilson's on that list at, at, at the type of numbers that he has put up so far in his career. So if you're just getting on to why this is such a big deal to the league that Andrew Luck has decided to hang up his cleats, that just gives you some insight of it. When it's all said and done, Andrew Luck might have been one of the first, first ballot Hall of Famers. So... 
you we've seen this in the past. We've seen Barry Sanders retire early. We've yeah. seen Megatron retire early in their prime. We've seen Grunk retiring, in which it wasn't a, as a big deal about Grunk as it is Andrew Luck. But, you know, I guess abruptly how it happened, I mean, what Andrew Luck has meant, you know, Ramon, you started off since you're a Colts fan, you know, what he has meant to the league and to the Colts themselves. I mean, Andrew Luck, uh, obviously, we know, came in with the whole transition of us moving on from the Peyton Manning era. Um, and going into, you know, like you were saying, Andrew Luck was one of the most touted, highly touted quarterbacks coming into the league um, all time, pretty much. And so you look at a guy to me that has pretty much outside of his, you know, injury history that he's had, he sustained excellence. I mean, he came into the league first three years leading us to the playoffs. I think we had three 11 and five records in a row. Uh, we had another 10 and six season under him. So any most of the time whenever he was there for a full season we were winning with Andrew Luck under center um to me he's a high class guy high character guy um he kind of represented everything and we would want you know our quarterback for the Colts to represent so whether it's you know on the field off the field all that Andrew Luck was the type of guy that we wanted so it's like it's definitely a, a difficult pill to swallow uh, because you look at, to me, a team that was headed for contention for years to come, and now you take the centerpiece of that con potential contender, and he's gone. So that's kind of a tough situation as a coach, man, man. Well, I mean, I, I look at it as a situation where, it's, he, he, you know, I think he really didn't want to go into another season and have the weight of, you know, fans and the pressure of, you know, the organization and, you know, saying, hey, this guy, can we at least get him healthy again? You know, because, again, last offseason he shook back. And you had this year where, you know, he had the calf, I think it was calf ankle issue. Yeah. Um, right. And so, you know, I think that pressure of, you know, just that not being healthy really took him – it took him out of his game, you know what I'm saying? It took away the fun, you know. If you listen to his press conference, you know, it just sounds like Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson's the same way where the injuries just wear on them from years and years, and you're hurting where it's not fun for you anymore. And you get that pressure of the fans wanting you to play, and you're hurting. You know you can't do it. You don't want to force it, and then you just really leave the game behind because, you know, you, you lose the enjoyment from it. So I think it's a bold move, you know, and I, I, I'd say respect for him for choosing himself. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think that's said enough. I think him choosing himself and his health and his well-being, you know, is not said enough. Um, but I, I think we'll see Andrew Luck play again. Well, I guess I have an unorthodox take. Um, I guess I should preface it by saying, first of all, nothing but respect for Andrew Luck. I appreciate what he brought to the game. I'm going to miss what he brought to the game. I'm going to miss his class out there. You know, just when you're seeing the clips of when he, when a guy hit him or knock him down, he just pat him on the back. Hey, good hit, man. You know, I just think, you know, it's stuff that put a smile on your face, you know, just because, you know, most quarterbacks, when they get hit, they take it personal or whatever. He just mutually respected everybody and everybody around him. Intelligent guy, got an architecture degree from Stanford, which is very, very extremely hard to do, especially while playing football. So he's very smart. You know, he's gotten his money. You know, he's he's a multimillionaire. I think I saw somewhere where he made like $97 million so far in his career. So he's set for life. And nothing wrong with kind of taking, you know, putting yourself first and 
you know, mentally, mentally wise, you know, it, it represents respect too because he recognized he couldn't give it his all. So he said he's yeah. not mentally there, so he'd rather walk away than to than to have do it. But I think that I have an orthodox, unorthodox take on it because I look at guys like Drew Brees, I look at guys like Tom Brady, I look at guys like Adrian Peterson. You know, these are guys, Adrian Peterson, I don't think he's 40 yet, but, you know, we know Tom Brady's 42. We know that Breeze is 40. But just how they're able to go out there year after year and and just taking bumps and bruises and able to actually perform. You know, Tom Brady's had his injuries, not as bad as Andrew Luck, but Drew Brees, his career was almost over leaving San Diego with it, with that wrist. But, you know, just having a rehab and just being, you know, being able to go out there at 40 plus, man, that you got to, I mean, it kind of elevated my respect to those guys. And Adrian Peterson tore his knee up. People thought his career was over. And now he's still playing, you know, at his age. And, you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, I look at just, just multiple guys who, who has who has constantly going through their rehab uh, process to get back. You know, you think about guys who are, are, are very injury prone. I, I'm not thinking of any right now, but, you know, just guys that, that are constantly going at it. I mean, I think my respect instantly kind of just skyrocketed for guys like Tom Brady at 42 to still be like, I'm going to get up and do this. That just showed a true love of the game to compete. You know, and then you shift the basketball and you look at Paul George when he snapped his leg. When you look at um guy from Boston, uh, he, he hurt himself the first play of the game. Are you talking about Gordon Hayward? Gordon Hayward, you know, <laughs> who have gruesome injuries and just steady coming back, you know. And, you know, that, you know, even Kobe at, at late in his career, he tore his Achilles and still rehabbed his way back, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, I think a lot of times we have, we see so many. Uh, examples of guys like that who go through gruesome injuries and, and come back. You know, you look at Odell even last year and come back. I think we sometimes we take it for granted. Take it for and granted. I think that we don't understand how mentally tough and how mentally attached you have to be to the game and, and actually love the game. Not to say that love doesn't, but he just kind of, it kind of just shows you that it's not automatic when these guys have these gruesome injuries like that. So, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I know Breeze' time is winding down probably, but I just have nothing but respect for my franchise quarterback for still at this age to still be going at this age. Say, bro, how did you turn this into a Saints moment, bro? <laughs> how, how did you turn this into I a I mentioned Saints Tom Brady, too. Yeah, you got it back to the Saints. But, you know, I do feel what you're saying with that. Um, I think that luck, one thing I will say for him is that he was really put in a bad spot at several times really within his career. You know, our previous GM, Ryan Grigson, just did not do a great job of building out that offensive line. His last line. name, Griggs? Grigson. Uh, Grigson, <laughs> not Grigson. Um, he just never did a good job of building out that offensive line, and it took Chris Ballard coming in and changing that front. Yeah. You know, um, and so one thing that I was looking at, too, is that, you know, not to get too far off it, but I think that the Texans need to watch what they're doing because – you look at Luck early in his career, leading the league in pressures, leading the league in all this kind of stuff because they didn't build out that offensive line. Mm. To me, the Texans haven't built out that offensive mm -hmm. line to protect Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So you look at a case like this of Andrew Luck, I think that's going to even, even though we know the offensive line is important, to me that puts even higher priority on it when you have these young guys that come into these league, these high-profile quarterbacks. 
you have to have that offensive line to protect them. So I would caution the Houston Texans to say y'all got to figure it out because last year they led the league in sacks giving up. You know. Yeah, so. I I mean it, it it is gonna it's it's sad to see though. Uh, shout out to Andrew Luck and his family. I hope that he finds the peace that he's looking for. And I'm kind of leaning towards Los. I think we might see him again. Mm-hmm. We may see him in the Saints uniform. No, but that's neither here nor there. That's neither here yeah, nor there. Yeah, I just want to say just one more thing before <laughs> we move on. Those fans that booed Andrew Luck, that yeah, was ridiculous, that's, that's, bro. That, yeah. that was ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's classless. That classless. doesn't represent true Colts fans right there. So that was ridiculous. Yeah, man. that's disgusting, man. Like, you don't boo a guy that, that gave, him his, gave his all, and he's doing this for his health. He did that for seven. He took a beating for seven years for y'all. And that's what y'all do. I mean, it, I mean not y'all, but that's what no, they I, do. I know you know what I mean? Yeah. I so it's kind of like, you know, I thought it was a, just a weak move by them. And, you know, it just goes to show you uh, fans, you know, just, it reminds me of like Toronto when, when Kevin Durant went down. Like, yeah. when, when somebody go down or when somebody's injured, man, like, yo, what type of humanity do you yeah. have? Like, these guys aren't robots. They are really human beings. And when you have an injury, I don't care how competitive you you are, you don't want to see even if I'm competing against a guy, I don't want to see a yeah. guy across from me getting hurt. You know, yeah. so... That's why I, I said several times, to me, fans are the best and worst part of sports. Yeah. It's really what. That's deep. <laughs> but one thing about it is there is a saying that when you when you are ahead, it's... No. Uh, I get this line actually from American Gangster classic movie. You saw it? Yeah. Yeah, with Denzel Lewis. You saw it? American Gangster? Oh, yeah. What a, what a guy with a plug was telling uh, Denzel, he was just like, you know, quitting while you're ahead is not the same as quitting. And I think that this, that this is what this personifies. You know, I don't really see him as a quitter, you know, and I didn't lose respect for him, you know, at all for, for the decision that he made, you know, because we all know what Andrew Luck went through. Like, even when Andrew Luck was going through the hamstring, I was like, dang, he hurt again. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, we understand what's going on with that. True sports fans, and if you know yeah. sports, you have no choice but to respect that. And, you know, I guess, you know, to tamper on, like, it's a coach, so you can do a coach segment, man. We, <laughs> yeah, never, we yeah, never done a coach segment. Really so, much Jacoby Brissett, he's, he's there to, to step in. He was in the Patriots Tom Brady apprenticeship program. Y'all... Uh, y'all got him. Y'all traded for him, and which I think was a great pickup. Um, we know that he's a, a great professional. We know that he's learned all the great habits to be great. How do you like y'all chances with Jacoby under center? Yeah, I, I like Jacoby. Of course, um, you know, I don't view Jacoby as an elite guy, but I thought that he was one of the best backups, if not potentially the best backup in the league. What about um, Teddy? So Teddy ain't in the league no more? I... I might be biased, but I like Jacoby Brissett over Teddy uh, at this point. Uh, not not Teddy pre-injury, not pre-injury Teddy, but post-injury. What I've seen, I like Jacoby Brissett more. So I think that we'll be fine. I don't think I don't put us kind of in that elite status that I had us as a potential contender. Wait a minute, got plenty of backup quarterback. Huh? Case Keenum, hmm? Case Keenum. Stop it. Dwayne Haskins is a better better backup than Jacoby. I I don't think you can say that definitively. I really don't. Case Keenum, maybe, yeah, kind of maybe. And then uh, Nick Foles is better. He's, he's a starter now. So. Wow, man, whatever you know. But, uh, it's neither here nor there. What I will say is for our team, I think now we're kind of in that middle ground. I think we'll be average. I don't think that we'll drop all the way down and be a team that's vying for 
a top three or a top five pick, but mm-hmm. I put us kind of middle of the pack in the league right now, as mm-hmm. opposed to where I had us before as mm-hmm. being kind of that fringe top mm-hmm. eight type of team. What about you, Los? How, how you liking? What do you think the Col- the Colts outlook is looking like since the injuries? I mean, since the retirement. I, mean, I, I see. I see. So one, I'll talk about Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I think one, I think he's a good player. But my only beef with Jacoby Brissett is he holds the ball way too long. You know, and that's always been kind of a yeah. knock on him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't get rid of it. And with this terrible line, right he can, oh, he got a good line. I'm thinking yeah, about yeah, line. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about Houston, Texas. Yeah, like Houston. <laughs> Shout out to Brock. So, <laughs> so, so, I mean, he has the weapons there. You know, um, they built that, that team to, to work for Andrew Luck, but he has weapons around him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got Mac, he got T.Y., he got Ebron, mm-hmm. and he has... Um, Touchdown machine. You got Funches uh, over there now. Funches, yes. Harris Funches trash, though. Right, so, I mean... He <laughs> said right. <laughs> he just went right along. Right. But, I mean, I, I, mean I, I like the guy, but I think he just needs to, you know, step into that role and to get make, make his decisions quicker, pretty much, and so... Um, I think the team finishes about nine and seven. I wish, uh, I wish Jacoby all of the 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 luck. I I, hope, I really wish him well because I'm, I'm I become a fan. He's waited his turn, and now everything has become full circle. Especially last year, you know, he didn't do bad in that backup role when Luck was out. I mean, not last year, the year before last yeah. year when Luck went out, he didn't do bad. So, you know, I think that for him to go back to that bench role and you know be a, a class a class a class personified teammate and to stand in there and still be a support to Luck. You know, even Luck said in the press conference that he was kinda envious of him, that he was taking his spot and he's such a, a joyful guy. But he's like, you know, now, you know, I, I'll do anything to support him and to help him. So I think, I mean, what what better than to have a great football mind like Andrew Luck in your ear on yeah. the sideline. So it's sad, man. And then there's so many ways we can go with this. So, I'll move on to the next now that we've talked about the Colts. Oh, I got to give my outlook of the Colts. I think that y'all finished, like you said. Um, y'all in a division with who? The Texans. We got the Titans over the there. Titans, the Titans, the Jags. Okay. So, I mean, y'all still got a shot at being second in the division because yeah. I don't really too much believe in the Jags. Uh, they got to show me. Uh, the Titans, you can just write them off. <laughs> um, and the Texans, I'm not really... I mean, the Texans... I mean, it's y'all still great. Y'all yeah. still may make the playoffs because the Texans are not a for sure thing as well. So, I, I mean, I got y'all in the one or two in the division. Um, maybe a wild card, wild mm-hmm. card team. So, Andrew Luck was the number one pick in the 2012 draft. RG3 was the number two pick in the 2012 draft. Um... Neither of those guys, it was a it was a juggle between it, and I think we've had a, we had fun discussions, Los included, uh, before we even started the podcast when it was first drafted. It was just like, hey, look, you know, or are you Ramon? Are you happy that y'all passed on RG three? You know, because uh, you know RG three is a backup with the Baltimore Ravens now, and you know now Andrew Luck is retired. So, you know, that, is it? It's the most disappointing draft. I mean, I know we've had some busts. I mean, one would bring up maybe uh, uh, not David Carr. Is it David Carr? Yeah, yeah, it's David. David Carr, number one pick out of Fresno State. You know, you got Jamarcus, you can't. <laughs> we got Jamarcus, but I don't think it was much talent wise, outside of him not being focused. But I can't think of another top pick like that to be. 
I wouldn't say his career was a disappointment because we saw based on the numbers, you know, I, I mentioned the company that he was in with the numbers that he's put up so far in his career in only seven seasons. He's 30. Tom Brady's really showing and expanding the, the life, life, uh, uh, dang, what am I doing? Life expectancy. Life, life expectancy of a quarterback. Thank you, brother. And, you know, now if playing, still playing for it, so you got to think, I mean, Luck had a, at least a good more, ten, at least 10 more seasons in him. So, you know, I mean, can we, I can't think of another bus like that. I mean, I wouldn't say a bus, but I can't, another disappointment in the projectory. Because, I mean, when they were saying it was like, uh, basically, RG3 and Andrew Luck is 1A, 1B, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, like you said, if you if you focus and narrow it down to just saying, hey, two guys that went back to back and trying to find another draft of that sort, you know, you can mention a disappointment. But as I was saying with Luck, it's like I don't know how to totally classify that because you got a guy that led his team to the playoffs several times, four or five times out of his career. You know, you got a guy that showed all the tools, so he showed that he was worthy mm-hmm. of that pick. But it was you know, circumstance that he couldn't certain, control. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the thing that's a little bit more interesting about that draft is the fact that you look at the guys that went, I guess, higher in that draft and as far as yeah. Andrew Luck, RG3 looking at the quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill, that was a top 15 pick. Right. I think Brandon Whedon was the next one to go after them. Mm-hmm. You look at how their careers panned out, and then you look later in that draft, and you see the guys like Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins and Nick Foles Nick that Foles. went later, you know, third round and later yeah. and stuff in that draft. And so it's crazy that at the top end, you know, most of those guys are even since Andrew Luck is out or either out of the league or looking at the backup roles, and then the guys yeah. that are drafted later are Nick, productive Yeah, starters. Nick Foles, a Super Bowl MVP. Russell Wilson, a Super Bowl champ. And Kirk Cousins is a starter now with, yeah. you know, with, with uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. So, so I, I mean, that's interesting. It, that is very interesting, bro. Like, and, you know, that's why this is so impactful. Like, I wish we had more time to unpack it because there's so many dimensions of this, of this, uh, of this retirement because, you know, mm-hmm. one end – Will this change the way GMs draft? You know, because we know how quarterbacks are always very, very highly, highly touted. And, you know, but that's neither here. But, Lowe's, what you think about it? You think that uh, you want to get in on this one? All right. So, I mean, just him, just just that alone, just, you know, when you're looking at a quarterback or you're looking at uh, somebody to draft earlier, you know, what do you, what do you think? Do you think this will change the way GM's looking at drafting? Or? I, I still don't think that this will change the way they're looking at drafting. I think that they are obviously going to, of course, still try to go grab that big-time yeah. guy, that big-time name. Now, I think that I, it's difficult because I think that the right GMs always have the right focus on offensive line. But I guess I keep going back to Andrew Luck. You drafted that prize possession, and then you didn't do the right things to build out an offensive line to protect that possession. So I would think from here on out, when you take a guy like that, either you bring him into a place where you've already kind of gotten some young, talented guys among that line, or you haven't done that, and you grab that top-tier quarterback, you make sure you build out that offensive line. Yeah. You have to protect, you gotta protect that your asset. asset right there. So I think that that's asset. one of the biggest things to come from it. But I don't know if that's like a new trend 
or yeah. that's just supposed to be a common sense thing yeah. that Ryan Grigson never got. Yeah. Well, you gotta see. You gotta love the love that the inner, that his peers were showing. I saw Leonard Fournette did a tweet. I saw, mm-hmm. you know, plenty of guys just showing some love and support for Andrew Luck in his time, and you know, hopefully them fan, those the fans that booed him. Hopefully, after they've seen the press conference and everything, that they have they should feel like terrible about themselves. Yeah. And. Uh, Best of luck to Andrew Luck, and I'm looking forward and anxious to see what he gonna what he's gonna do next. He got so much ahead of him. I mean, yeah. I, I can see him being a great analyst, and yeah. being a great personality. Think about the way that Tony yeah. Romo. Talks yeah, I think there. that he like, could be like a yeah. I think he could be like a Tony Romo. He could be a great coach. You know, he could be an architect. <laughs> yeah, right. I say this. I say this. I, I say this. You know, none of my sound is good, guys. Um, I think one by the coach paying him, you know, showing that they're going to, you know, not forfeit his money, that shows that one, that the door is still open, in my opinion. I think this is a way to give Andrew Luck just time to just relax, get his mind right, get his body right, and then Andrew Luck's going to be back probably next year, if not. I'm, I'm, I, I just got this feeling he's going to be I back. Can, I can see I'm that, you know, I, I mean, because I, I, you look at it, you know, how he retired. You know, at this point, it was like, he, I'm frustrated. I'm pissed off. Like, you know, I've worked so hard this whole offseason. He's at the preseason game. You know, he's at the game. So, he, it's like he's still going through the motions. Like, right now, I just need to take a step back. I need to get my mind right. You know, and just like you say, Lowe's, the door is open. You know, I, I'm sure the Colts will, you know, welcome him back. Because, I mean, if he, if he heals his ankle and hamstring and everything like that, I don't see why he wouldn't play. And I think that... You know, with Megatron, the reason why he retired was frustrations with yeah. Detroit because they didn't want to pay him what he was owed. Right, well, and they were never going to really be a solid team, too. So you're losing and you're not really getting paid. Yeah, so, so. so, I mean, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. So we just finished off the most exciting. No, nah, it wasn't that exciting. I mean, I feel like I got everybody I wanted. But we just finished our yeah. fantasy football draft, man. What y'all think about it, man? How y'all feeling about it? I mean, I think after a fantasy draft, everyone feels like they, they got the championship in the bag. So, let's just be real. Nah. You know, I think. <laughs> I've had some drafts where I look at my team, i like, that didn't quite go. <laughs> that didn't quite go as planned. <laughs> no, I mean, I think every draft, like this draft, I think, you know, there's a couple players or whatever where you, you definitely want to get, you know, and then there's some players that are one or two picks, you know, they get sniped from you and so I mean that, that that's one of those things that happen when you're drafting with good players that know the good players is going to flourish and so that happened a couple times tonight to me you know one was Lamar Jackson um I really wanted to get Lamar Jackson and I think it was like a couple picks before I picked he got got yeah you, so, I um, thought he I thought I, I could have got him in like the 12th or 13th yeah. round honestly but yeah I really wanted Lamar Jackson um it was another guy that I got sniped on and I can't think of him right now but uh, it probably come to me as we talk about this uh, this portion. I feel like honestly, like not being like facetious, but I feel like I got the deepest team in the league. I mean, I mean, give me your opinion. I mean, I got Juju, Smith, I got Juju Smith Schuster, Calvin Ridley, I got Carryon Johnson, Joe Mixon, David Johnson. Then you go on my bench, I got Jameson Crowder, who I think is going to have a, a great year this year as a wide receiver, too, over there in, in the Jets. He's going to play the slot, and, you know, the, their coach loves the slot. It's, history shows that. So, then I got Dante Moncrief 
who I think, you know, the Steelers always, they always spread the ball around. Then I got Marquez Scanting. Now, that's a name, Marquez Scanting. If you got a draft, make sure that you invest some pieces in him. I'm expecting big things out of him. With Cobb out of the way, it's going to open up the door for some more targets to go. I know people are like, oh, Geronimo Ellison, Geronimo Ellison, but Marquez is running a 4-3. I like four three and six three. I like Geronimo too, but I like Marquez better. But so here's the thing. I think one you named a, a lot of great players. You, I think you did nail it with some of your picks in there, and you do have a pretty good deep team. Moncrief was one of those guys that I was nailing in drafts. So I had two drafts going on at the same time. Um, I had one from uh, another ESPN league I was doing, and then I was obviously doing our league. Um, and Marquez uh, Scantling was actually one of my picks I got in that draft. And so I really like that pick, and I like Moncrief with the uh, how many targets went away with Antonio Brown now with the Oakland Raiders. Those targets are now opened up, uh, you know, to, you know, Moncrief to, to flourish, you know. So it's really interesting to see how, how many, you know, targets and see if he can dominate that number two receiver uh, or do those targets go to Vance McDonald. So, it's interesting to see how that roll out, but I, I think I think look you know hearing you call your picks out, um, I think you I think you did a good job. Thanks, man. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> that was really good, man. <laughs> hey, you're really good. Nah, don't be nice to me, man. You my competition, bro. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah um, Lowe's got each other week one, man. Now, Lowe's, I I got to say, man, like uh, I mean. I mean, in past years, man, you the reason why me or Mun even play fantasy football. But I, but out of all the drafts that we've done in seven years that we've been doing this league, bro, uh, I, I don't know how I'm feeling about your squad, bro. It ain't, it ain't as strong as it has been in previous years. Like, previous years, I look at your roster and I'd be like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, Los, you know. But this year, I, you know, I'm not saying you got a bad team. Don't get me wrong. You have a good team, but I'm just saying it don't have like the, you know, like that heavy hitter name drop thing, you know, that you usually be working with. Hey, so I want you, you know, when you editing this video, I want you to take that clip right <laughs> there. Right there all right? And then talk to me at the end of the year when I'm in the right? hey, So take this clip now, you know, I want this. This is for the record. I'm glad you got that on record while we recording that. Hey, yeah, this team just doesn't look like it's just that good. You look I, I, no, no, you want, you want, you want to grab the underdog. I not say that. I said that your team is good. It's just not. It don't really pop off the paper like it usually does. Now you may know something I don't, but you know I'm just stating the facts. Pull up his roster, Ramon. I got it pulled up. Yep. Oh, Ramon got it. Oh, I see him yeah. with one, so Go I ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like, let, let me see. Like, I, I gotta have. Like, it was some question. It was questionable things that you did, bro. Like, like you love Mark Ingram. He baby. does. He big Mark Ingram. Now guy. Justin Hill is nipping at his ankles to take over. <laughs> Speak on Mark Ingram, bro, and and why you think so, so highly. So Mark Ingram was a guy that I felt like I had to get in every draft. He's one of those guys that I really wanted this year. Um, and the reason why is because one, you look at the Ravens offense. The Ravens led the lead in rush attempts last year. They, they're just one of those teams. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They were top three in rush attempts last year. So, looking at that, you know, you know that he's going to touch the ball. You know he's going to get at least 15 touches a game. Not only that, you got a, a run-first quarterback in Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, and so that's going to open lanes for Mark Ingram. And as Saints fans and for the Saints listeners, know 
that if Mark Ingram is given the chance, he's one of those grinder running backs. He's going to get you. He's going to get you those touches. He's going to break those runs. He can be your goal line back. He can make. He can catch the ball outside. We're going to give you fifth week one, Ramon. So I really, I think Mark Ingram has a chance to really finish. And then you, top and, seven fantasy back. And then Jordan Reed, what round did you get him, bro? Oh, you had to take him late because he was sitting there really late. Man, he sne- so, he sneezes and tears his ACL. Like I. So so I mean, let me let me let me explain that one too. One, if we listen to the last podcast, I said my strategy will be to wait on a kicker. I didn't draft a kicker, but I took a a risk on a uh, a tight end. He was my last pick of my the 15th round pick on a player that may I might end up dropping, you know. But if he ends up healthy or shows that he does right. well, he he can easily be a starter or just easily drop him. So yeah. it's, it's no it's no that, That's that. not a bad pick. Like, so you're gonna that, play without a kicker? That's not a bad pick, bro. No, play? I'm saying I'm going up to week one and I have two weeks to make that decision. Oh, okay, I, so you're gonna send him through your preseason and training camp, right? <laughs> So I mean, hey man, are you here? Well, I mean, hey man, I I'm not, I'm never sleeping. No, 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 let's, no, 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 no man. Let's like you, you trying to make it like you trying to make my picks. You just go through my team. I I went through those are the only picks that I had questions about. Let the listeners know what my team is, since it's not the the heavy hitters names on it. Yeah. Uh, dang, he offended. Right. <laughs> I done really struck a chord. I want to win y'all see each other. Week, week, what, four, five, whatever y'all see each other. Man, I'm popcorn. Yeah, just like his, the cornerback on his team. Well, who, they was talking that trash to Clay Clayton. Oh. We going to have some good gumbo. Oh, yeah. he's, uh, Marcus Peters? Yeah, bro. You looking for any bullet, bulletin board material to be upset with me so you, yeah. can, so you can beat me. Tell Rob to keep talking that. We're going to have some good gumbo. Let's go. But uh, Jared Goff, Mark Ingram, Saquon Barkley. I love Saquon. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. I love T.Y. Hilton because numbers show that Brissett targeted T.Y. Hilton uh, the most out of out of the entire team, him and Jack Doyle. Yeah. So, I like that. Um, I actually don't know how to work a droid, so I got out of here right now. <laughs> Hold up. There you go. He's coming I back won't up. touch nothing, bro. Droids are so Just sensitive, slide. bro. You breathe on it and then move. Um, and then you got uh, Adam Thielen. I like Adam Thielen. Yeah, he's sniping Adam Thielen. You got Jordan Ring, Josh Gordon. You, you took him early. You took him in, like, the fifth round. Um... I personally wouldn't have done that because Jordan, he had, he clearly has proven that he's not reliable. You know, he may, he's a, I, he's a person that can be here today and be gone tomorrow. But, it, but it's like, it's, it's a good risk strategy. Though. He's always high risk, high reward type of guy. And then you got Matt Breida, which I didn't understand at all in that crowded backfield. Then you got Tyreek Cohen. DK Metcalf, Curtis Samuel, Trey Burton, and Delaney Walker. So you got you you have some supplements at a tight end position. Yeah. So I mean, excited. if John Reed doesn't work out like you say, I mean you have you even have trading bait with Trey Burton and and Delaney. Uh, you know, because Delaney to me that would be the guy right there. I wanted Delaney, but I didn't want to spend what it took to get Delaney. But yeah, man. I mean, I, I so think. Let's, let's, so let me talk about my roster real quick, man. So yeah. It's not the heavy hitters that has been before. Last year, I had Saquon Barkley and Ty Gurley on the same team, which, you know, was it just had happened with my keepers, and I was able to draft Ty Gurley the year before in the second round and get Barkley in the first round last year. Couldn't do that this year, obviously, and I'm okay with that because I don't think Gurley's going to put up the same numbers that he did before. 
But I went, and I think that, you know, I got the number one, arguably the number one option in Adam Thingley on this team. I got the number one option on the coach team. You know, as you mentioned, um, I went and got for my flex position, Josh Gordon. So he's a flex position. If he ends up being Josh Gordon of old, okay, I got other guys I can plug in there. Uh, and, you know, if he ends up being Josh Gordon, you know, and he, he tears up the league, then he's in my flex position, and that's scary, you know, having Josh Gordon in my flex position going every week with Tom Brady as his quarterback. quarterback. So, um, if, you know, he don't work out, I can easily put Tariq Cohen in there and be fine, or Curtis Samuel in there and be fine in my flex position. So, you know, that was my thought process with that. Um, my, my Going into this draft, I wanted to wait on tight end. Um, there's a couple of times I could have got O.J. Howard. I see Ramon got him. Yeah. A couple of times I could have got Hooper. You know, but I kind of passed on those guys that went depth because I know some of these names that, like, Delaney Walker got hurt last year. Um, you know, maybe he can bounce back. He showed the preseason with his touchdown that he had uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, that he can, he, you know, he looks fully healthy and ready to go. And, um so I waited on a tight end position and went and got uh, Delaney in the 10th round. So I'm feeling good. I got a little mini stack with Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. You know, if they find a way to leak, link up, you know, who knows what that looks like down the road. So how you I like, feel good about this team. How you like my stack? Ben, ben Roethlisberger and Juju or Ben Roethlisberger and Dante Moncrie? That's a nice stack. I, I, I told you, I think you did a, a good job nailing your picks in the later rounds this year. So, yeah, um, I think you. I think you're gonna finish top five this year. Damn. All right, Lowe's. All right. So I mean, let's let's call one of the people in our league, man. We got you know we got a couple guys that compete. You know what I'm saying? Let, let you know the listeners may think, oh, they league is cupcake, or whatever. We we gonna yeah, get yeah. we we gonna get some insight and try to call somebody and let y'all know how we get down. You know what I'm saying? You can't be a scrub in our league. You know? I think I'm gonna call Brock. See what he up to. Hello. What's up, Brock? This is Robert from the Opinated Benchwarmers Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm great, man. You sound kind of down, man. What you 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 didn't like your draft picks this year, man? Your energy look. <laughs> I, I like the majority of them. I got sniped a couple of times, but I, I'm feeling good about my team. Everybody say they feel good after the the, the night after the draft. What's I, mean, I pretty much went. I stuck with my guns, but there were two key players that I wanted this year that I got sniped on. All right, hold on. We gonna talk about that in a second, but before you get started, we want me and me, Ramon, and Los want want you. To vouch for the league and its toughness, man. Is it a competitive league or what? I mean, it's a very competitive league under me. Oh, look at this. Look at this dude. You know, I actually say it's probably one of the best leagues I play in, just top to bottom, because you don't have anybody that really gives up on the season, even if they know that season's over with. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Very good point. They know because they're going to get kicked out, man. We don't play that I mess. kicked out one of my friends. Right. We, we, have, we have kicked out dudes who, you know, give up and make BS trades at the end of the year or something like that. But, yeah, man. So, uh, Lowe's, y'all got, y'all got any questions for Brock, man, here? No, no. I think he was about to hit on it. I want to know the two players that he was, uh, he was hoping to get out of there and he didn't. He got sniped on. You, you heard? Yeah, I heard. So, 
when is this podcast being released? Because I, I may not be able to reveal trade secrets with other drafts coming up. Oh, look at this dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look at this dude, look man. Man, this, this is going out tomorrow, bro. It's going out tomorrow? Yeah. Well, I'll say one, because anybody that knows me knows Josh I rock with this dude tough, and I've, I've always rocked with him, and he's on every one of my teams every year. So don't be surprised if there's a trade before the season starts. Stop <laughs> going like, okay. I, I just knew I was going to be able to get him in the sixth round. Oh, and then Lord. I got sniped and somebody took him in the fifth. Hey, man. I got commissioner duties, man. I do some fluke trade. I will void it out. <laughs> I mean, no, you know me. I don't trade on fluke. It's got to be trade value chart approved. Okay. 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 So what else did you see that you like, man? Let me let me look at Brock Roster. What you thought about Brock Roster, Ramon? I think Brock Roster is very pleasing. Cleveland heavy, you yeah, know. Yeah, like you heavy. love Cleveland, bro. You love some Cleveland. I got three Cleveland. Well, I got, mean, like I got five Cleveland What'd you say about Hunt? I say I got four Cleveland players if you count Hunt. Well, five. You count the defense, huh? Golly. You got you, you got Baker Mayfield. You got Nick Chubb. You got Odell. You got Hunt on the bench, and then you got the Cleveland Browns defense. So. I mean, Chubb, I just had to keep Chubb. You know, he's he's value at, in the 12th round as a keeper. Odell, I got him with the first pick because my target in the first round, D-Hop, was gone already. So I won with who I think is going to be the next best receiver, which is, which is Odell. Baker, he's going to have a good year. My philosophy, if you look at my teams the past couple of years, is my top receiver, I also have their quarterback. Yeah. I made it to the championship round the past two years. Stack, I had John Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. Well, how about you? How do you like the stack of Ben Roethlisberger and Juju? <laughs> I don't like Ben Roethlisberger this year. I, I I like Juju. I don't think he will be as productive as AB, but he will be nice. I'm hoping James Washington turns up. He's on my team, too. Yeah. So I'm hoping he turns up. But I just I, I think Ben towards the end and it just and he ain't got enough juice left in the arm. I really like Josh Jacobs. Uh, you actually that was a guy that I wanted to get uh, maybe get him as an RB three. But uh, speak on that. Where you got him? Where you got Josh Jacobs? I think you took him. You went and got him. You wanted him. I think you got him in the third or fourth yeah, round. Third round. Third round. Huh? I got him in the third round. He was one of my targets because I had a I had a plan for how I wanted it to play out. And I knew I was going, well, the plan was Baker in the fifth and Josh Gordon in the sixth. So that means if I didn't take a running back then, I wasn't going to take a running back till probably the seventh. And that just wasn't going to work out. So I was like, out of the ones that's available, I like Josh Jacobs the most because wasn't feeling Marlon Mack after the whole Andrew Luck thing. Yeah, hey, 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 not so much on Marlon Mack. <laughs> hey, you know, he might still have a decent season, but he wasn't having a, a bless him type of season. Oh, wow. So, bless him. For, hey. for the listener, bless him is my team name, and, you know, it's a different standard over here. Hey, man, I looked at Marlon Mack, bro. I had him on my team last year. He was productive when he was on the field. Yep. He just, I mean, that injury bug, I tried to stay away from that on my roster, but. 
What you give me your thoughts, man? What was the most uh, what was the most unorthodox thing you saw tonight in the draft? And we gonna go around the table. We gonna all say what was the most unorthodox. I I'll go first. Give y'all a chance to think. A kicker going in the ninth round. <laughs> I think that might be all. I, I was gonna say that's definitely everybody's, but I feel like. Was that auto-draft? No, it wasn't auto-draft. No, it wasn't auto-draft. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I just chalked it up to auto-draft. I, I kept it moving. I was like, that didn't just happen. Yes. that <laughs> that's I didn't expect that. Uh, uh, Another one is, is Drew going in the sixth round. You could have got him in like the 12th, yeah, 11th yeah, round. Got Drew later. Actually, you know what? My most surprising was how far Russell Wilson dropped. Oh, that yeah. never surprised me. Yeah. People always sleep on Russell. Yeah, but exactly. Like, if I thought Russell Wilson was gonna drop that far, I may not have targeted Baker when I did. But I you, probably wouldn't have got wouldn't have gotten sniped and taken Josh in the fifth and Baker in the sixth if I knew quarterbacks were dropping like that. Well, first of all, I just think D- DK Metcalf is like an Instagram model. Like you see, he looks good on on all the workouts and the measurables, just like an Instagram out to look good in our pictures. And then you see it in person, you be like, "That is not the same person." I think that's DK Metcalf. Like I think that he meets all the measurables. He looks great in his workouts, but when you when you see him out on the field, he's gonna be just like any other. He wasn't the best wide receiver at all this. He, he's gonna be just. He's gonna be the most disappointing receiver, and he's gonna disappoint a lot of people that 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 really grab him, but. One thing about Russell Wilson, too, is that Russell Wilson is not as valuable as he has been in years past because he doesn't – He, I don't think he's had a rushing touchdown. I don't think he had a rushing touchdown last year. I know he didn't have one this past year, and I don't think he had one last year either. So he's not getting the rushing touchdowns like he was. So we'll see. He's still, he still finishing top five, top ten. So he's still a, he's still a good quarterback. Like he's, Yeah. I, I I just he's not far off. I'm speaking on it. I think he's a good quarterback, but like I say, I that's why I can understand him falling so low because of that. Because he's okay. you know in you know on the paper, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I, I think everybody feel like they won after the, the day after the draft. But uh, I, I I like my roster a lot, man. Who who who's your team, man? I know besides your own, who's your team that you like the most in the draft? And then we'll let you go. I actually hadn't gotten a chance to look through all the teams yet. I was uh, it was out out with the out with the family and stuff, so I didn't get a chance to look through the teams. But okay. Who's your favorite pick on your roster? And I'll tell you whether I like the pick or not. Uh, let me look at mine. So many favorite picks on my roster, but uh, oh, okay. if I have to choose one, uh, let me pull it up right fast. Um, I I like the uh. I like the carry on Johnson pick for me just based on he wasn't one of the targets on my on my team prior to the draft. But where he where I was able to get him and where he fell at, I had to take him. So Did you get him in the fourth? I think I got him in the – I think it was the fourth, the beginning of the fourth. Was it? Okay. No, I didn't no, have a fourth round pick. It was third round. It was third round. I got him in the third round. And, you know, hey, that's an RB1. You know, I think that he – Coming out of coming out of school, they they thought he was gonna have a great year last year, and he didn't have a bad year, yeah, but cool. but they expected him to break out this year. So I like I liked where I was able to get him at. All right, so cool. Rob gonna finish in the middle of the pack this year. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's my flex, man. That, I mean, I got Heat RB one, RB two. Then I got Darius Geis. 
So when Adrian Peterson, you know, when they when Adrian Peterson done after week five, Darius gonna be the man. Yeah, I, you weren't you weren't guys around earlier than I would have. Yeah, I, I knew I had to go yeah, get him. Yeah, I knew I had to go I, get him. He, he was yeah, I was looking at him the next round too. I had to get him, right? It's certain players that you know ain't gonna come back, and if I yeah. if I really want them, if they on my list, gotta, I gotta get them. You gotta go get them. I completely understand that. Yeah, man, but uh, I look forward to competing, man. We appreciate you for coming on the podcast, man. Not a problem. Thank y'all for having me on, man. I look forward to, uh, you know, competing, as you say. Uh, <laughs> but this year, I want my money with interest since, you know, y'all <laughs> holding on to my money, and, you know, I just gonna, I'm just i going to get it at the end of the year regardless. Oh, you hear this, Trey. All right. Yeah, All right, man. Good. You have a good night, man. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man, you wanna talk? You wanna talk like that, man? You hear this, yeah. man? How y'all let that man get away with that, man? But yeah, I'm just I mean, chilling, man. I'm being humble about it, man. Yeah, so just being humble about it. Anything else we got for the listeners? Any more? Any more tips y'all willing to give? Cause I think we draft like the the bulk of the drafts is happening this week. I got two. Yeah. I got two more drafts to do. No, I got three more drafts to do. Sheesh. But I got three more. Which y'all got? Got any tips? My tip is, overall, the rule of thumb, and it's common sense, and I think I said it last week, just make sure that you know, you understand what each player means to, to each roster, each team. Because that way, you can prepare for a draft as much as you want, but there's always going to be a situation where players are going to fall down or are going to drop. And if you don't know why they dropped, okay, he got an injury. Oh, okay, you know, this person. And then sometimes I play a drop just because he slept on. But if you don't know the value of that player or where he where he what he means to his roster, you're gonna swing you're gonna swing and you're gonna miss on the player. So you might be in a situation where if you're in a situation too many times where it's four players that you're trying to decide before, you didn't prepare enough for your draft. It should always be by each round, it should probably be maybe one or two players at most that you are debating on taking. But, you know, if you know the value of players and you know where they're supposed to go and you know where they're supposed to be at, you're supposed to always know what they mean to their rosters and you'll have a successful draft. Come on, t- Los, you got to give some of your tips. You, I can't. You're trying to hold yeah, on. Yeah, you're trying to hold on all the tips, man. No, 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 my main thing is just know know who you want, you know what I'm saying, and don't don't feel bad on reaching on players, you know what I'm saying. Where it, all these rankings are in these in these drafts and these generated NFL, ESPN.com, Yahoo, all these rankings and stuff. This is something somebody else out there put out there that they're doing and what they think. If you think a player deserves to be in that round, go out there and reach for that guy. That guy's gonna that guy's gonna pay off for you if you feel like you know he's worth that third round pick. And really, he should have went in the fifth round according to their rankings. Go out and grab the guy that you want. So, at the end of the day, you feel good about your roster. Yeah, man. I really can't add much to that. Nah, I'm not. You're going to add something. You're going to add something. I really can't add much to that. I'm spilling all the beans and y'all going to just sit back. Y'all gave the the good points, bro. First of all, like you said, we talked about it before, but you got to know the scope of the league. You got to know the players, where they are on the rosters, all this kind of stuff like that. So, you shared that point. Like Lowe said, you stick to your guns, which is why I say I always look at it most of the time. 
you know, a lot through the draft going best available, you know, and, and like you said, don't feel bad about going and grabbing a guy. If that's a guy that you like and a guy that you value, then then grab him and don't worry about what the rest of the league says. Right, so so if you tip. value a kicker in the ninth round, you grab your kicker in the no, ninth round. No, I ain't taking no kicker in the ninth, ninth round. round. But I'm just saying, you you know, you just got to flow with that. And um, also, too. So are we handing out draft winners? Bro, I not, feel to like like, not to cut I you I feel up. like if we do draft winners, man, it's... It, go ahead. Go ahead. Say, say what your tip over. was and then we'll talk about that. I just kind of forgot what it was. Oh, no, I, man. You didn't forget. No, I really didn't forget what it was because I was on the train of thought. And then when you my said bad, that, My bad, my like, bad, my bad. My bad. So, no tip for Ramon? Main thing, man, I would just say is you still got to go with... Go with what your game plan is for the draft. Know that you'll have to adapt in the middle of it. But to me, don't just go by what everybody is doing. So if you see a string of, just like we said before, if a string of a certain position is going and you don't really want to reach for one of those guys at that point and you don't feel comfortable doing it, then don't feel like, okay, now nah, I got to grab a quarterback. Okay, now, nah, you know, two or three of these tight ends just went and I got to go grab it. Now, if you don't value that guy that's sitting there at that spot, at that level, then don't just get the position just because you felt that others have been taken at that position. So I guess that's a slightly different tip and a different spin. Mm-hmm. So, winners of the draft, man, we gotta hand them out. But real quick, what, what's the who you feel like the win? Who you think is the winning roster, and why? Um, I just well, I start off. I say the winning roster right now is Ramon's roster. Uh, I just like what he did. Right. I think that, man, that's strategic because you know you faced that man one. week one. Week one. <laughs> <laughs> See, I try to be honest, man. I think strategically, um, you know, it was a, a excellent move by him, um, giving up that 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 his first round. So first, he was thinking about keeping up, keeping Kamara, but realizing when he had the second pick um, that he can let him go, and then one of the three of. Uh, uh, Zeke, if he decided to take him, Alvin Kamara, or McCaffrey is going to be there, and he can hold on to a PPR monster in Edelman, you know. And so I think he did a good job in, you know, getting McCaffrey fell to him too, then swinging around and getting Leonard Fournette, which I think Leonard Fournette is—he's really—he was in a conversation with my, with my first, my first, my second round pick um, instead of Thielen, but I didn't think I was going to get a good receiver come around third round, so I went and got a receiver. Um, but I really think Leonard Fournette is going to be really active in the past game this year. So he's going to be one of those players that take off. And, and so if you look at his, his top four players in McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Amari Cooper, and then Edelman, you know, you got a good, solid base team. You know, not to mention him nailing picks, you know, uh, like O.J. Howard, you know, who's who's one of those up-and-coming tight ends, you know. So he got those high-end players, and he went and got Carson Wentz, who's on a, on a good team that now has deep threats in Deshaun Jackson. Um, a team that's going to probably be better on offense this year. So um, I think he has a well-rounded team. Um, he's he's going to be tough to beat this year. What about you, Ramon? Who's your winner of the draft? Winner of the OB podcast um, league I'm, draft. I'm still trying to totally figure out. you can't say yourself, bro. Yeah, you so, so I got to eliminate myself from this. Uh, when I'm saying I'm trying to see, hold on. I'm scrolling again, man. I'm scrolling again. I'm scrolling. Y'all some cocky guys, man. Y'all don't even look at the scope of the league. Y'all, y'all only care about y'all teams. It's so tough, man, because we got 
when I look at our league, man, it, especially even the, what I view as kind of the top half of the league, is it's crazy. We got some nice rosters out there. Um, I hate to I hate to boost your head, Rob, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess if I don't choose myself, man, um, I think the biggest thing is, of course, I think you had one of the best keepers out there with having Juju being snagged in that fourth round like that. Yeah. Um, I view Juju as really a, a, a round two type of guy, and in some drafts could be a round one guy. So going to draft and having Juju sitting there, I really like Joe Mixon this year. I like mm-hmm. Joe Mixon. I was hoping that Joe Mixon would fall to me late in the second round. You knew that was I just snagged him where he was. I was hoping he would fall to me, though. So I really like that pick. Um, you know, like you said, kind of the depth through your roster. I think Carry On was a valuable pick. We were kind of far apart from each other in the draft, so I knew, like, Carry On wouldn't have a chance of coming back to me. So, like, we wanted two different scopes in the draft because yeah. we weren't really close yeah. to each other at all. Uh, of course, you know, people gloss over the fact of a kicker, but, I mean, grabbing a consistent Will Lutz out there, I'm not going to just gloss <laughs> over that. Like, Will Lutz is solid. But I think overall it was just a good drive. I think Calvin really is a guy that gets slept on um, a lot out there in some leagues. So, um, I think overall it was a strong drive. I think that DJ worries me just a little bit. But I think you had to grab him with where he slid to you. But he worries me a little bit more so because of the way that offensive line is over there. Yeah. But outside of that, I mean, it was a strong draft. So appreciate it, man. Um, when I look at the the team, I I'm, I'm torn between a couple of them. Uh, I think that the 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 roster that that worries me the the most when I look at it, I'll just I'll jump is probably Brock's roster. I think he did a good job of, of evaluating the scope of the league. First of all, he won our jump off his keeper being um, Chubb, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Um, I think Baker Mayfield will, will do really, really well, and he has Odell stacked with him, so that's a lot of points. So I think that that's a core. I like what he did there. It, it seems like he really knew where he wanted, wanted to go get players. Um, I think he got Josh Jacobs, which I really, really wanted. Instead of Carryon Johnson, I wanted Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. But I mean, of course, Carryon may be a, bit, a little bit better. But just having a guy like Josh Jacobs, and then you know how his how his, how his roster is built, he's not re- really going to be heavily. He don't have to be heavily reliant on on him. If he if he if he wants to slip him down and you know on the bench, then he can. He could put in Royce Freeman or. Whatever I mean, not not Russ Freeman. He could put in uh, Philip Lindsay yeah. at that RB two spot. So I think he has a pretty straight roster. Then he got Kareem Hunt really really late. Now I don't. I mean, I think that is kind of like a to me that would be my knock against his roster if any because Kareem Hunt is good. But it's, if if Nick Chubb is doing really really yeah. well, then I'm be like, hey, sit down, Nick Chubb. All right, come on, Kareem Hunt. Nah, you know Nick Chubb is gonna be. The guy, and I think if Nick Chubb, if you drafted him that early, I mean, if you kept him and was willing to give up that, well, he didn't give up much. He gave up like a 13-round pick, but I'm just saying. 12th round. 12th round pick, you know, but that's a first-round pick there, Nick Chubb. You know, if you're going to, if you got him, there's really no need to have Kareem Hunt because then less barring injury, and then Kareem don't come along until week 10. So, 
I really don't feel like he's hogging a roster spot. Yeah, yeah, and and that's why I feel like that's my only kind of like critique. If there was any other roster, it's just that I feel like where he got Kareem Hunt, that could have been something else he could have got out there. But other than that, I think it's a solid roster. Yeah, I, but I mean, we have a, a lot of good rosters out there. Yeah, it's a lot of good rosters. I don't think there's, I don't tough. think there's really a bad roster. I out really there. don't think we have a bad yeah. roster in the league. So, so it's so, gonna be crazy to see how it shakes out. So, do y'all want to discuss real quick AJ Green? AJ Green went really early in our draft. I think he went in the fifth round in our draft. Do you, do you, I haven't seen that trend trend in my mock drafts? I only done one. This is my first real draft. I have another draft on Tuesday. Uh, and then another one the the following week, I think. But anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. But, I mean, A.J. Green, are y'all willing to take him that early? Because I wasn't high on A.J. Green even if he was healthy. Like, I, w- I might have would have took him fourth round if he failed to me. But I w- cause just because his durability and, and things like this, he may be out for a while. Yeah, no, I, I would say um, I think – uh, in the fifth round, you drafting the starters, and um, I'm not drafting someone that's going to miss, um, you know, maybe a month of the season. You know, who knows? Right now, right now, it's kind of up in the air if he's going to miss mm-hmm. two to four weeks. Um, but I think he's guaranteed to list at least miss one or two games this season. Not to mention they um, they are installing a new offense there, so he's missing all that time in a new offense that you know that they just brought in this year. So um, in the fifth round, you drafting starters. Um, that's way too early for me. Maybe. If he was your first bench player or your, you know, your first alternate player, your wide receiver four or something like that, then yes, maybe. But in the fifth round, you dropped in either flexes or your wide receiver two, so that's way too early. I mean, it, it may end up paying off for him later on, but again, you can't take away those few games or those three to four games that he's gonna miss this year. Yeah, it's crazy though because it's still. Uh, like, of course, I wouldn't win at that spot with him, but that's kind of roughly around where he's being drafted. Like, that fifth mm-hmm. and sixth round mm-hmm. area is where A.J. Green is getting drafted and targeted in a lot of drafts. I would have looked at him more if he would have been in that, like, seventh round. Of course, I didn't have an eighth round pick, so maybe, you know, it, especially if he feels latest to the ninth round, I would probably grab oh, him. But yeah, you got to take him then. Just sit him on the bench and just All wait. Right. But if he would have been around... Which, I mean, I guess isn't so, so far off, but if he would have been around like that seventh round or so, then I'll grab A.J. Green then, but um, definitely wouldn't be targeting him early in the draft, uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't high on A.J. entering the season. He's just been having too many nicks and bruises, and I haven't had the best look of drafting players with nicks and bruises. I told you about Marlon Mack off of air, you know. Oh, me and Brock talked about it. When yeah. when he's on the field, he's he's all he was awesome last year, but... You know, it's just he he couldn't stay healthy, and you know, going from week to week, I, I I you know, I don't know if it's worse for a player to be hurt and they are designated he's out for a while, like a, he's gonna be out for three weeks, or a guy that's day to day. So you're 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 wondering, hey, look, is this guy gonna be effective on the field even if they do play him, or you know, I'm stuck wondering, is this injury gonna affect his production? It's just aggravating. That's I think the type those, of player Marlon Mack was. Those lingering ish, uh, injuries are actually definitely worse to me, in my opinion. Because uh, I, I had that. I faced that last year with my roster as well. With a couple of guys lingering injuries. 
Um, Leonard Fournette did it to me yeah, last year. Yeah, he did. He was one of the guys that was on the roster that I had, <laughs> you know, uh, last year. So And now you got him again. Yeah, but <laughs> but I, I think he's going to eat this year, man. I really think he's going to eat rebound, too, but it's man. just that, is he healthy? And I really was targeting Leonard in the third round, but I just didn't want to risk that swing and him being gone. So I was like, I was kind of comfortable with the, a, a few wide receivers that still mm-hmm. sat. In that swing, so I was like, okay, let me just go on and grab Leonard, and then I'm comfortable with two or three of these different guys that's sitting here while I receive that was gonna fall to me. So, so, all right, real, real quick as we're wrapping up, Dwight Howard to the Lakers. <laughs> Dwight Howard to the Lakers. Um, it's like deja vu, fellas. This is gonna be fun, huh? Like the headlines. This is gonna be fun. Now he's saying, uh. What was his headline? His Twitter. This 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 time this go round was like, I hope I get a chance to make it up to you. Give it to me, man. Lay it on me, man. I think it was. I think it was a good move, man. Um, I think the last time, oddly enough, the last time the Lakers made the playoffs was when Dwight Howard was on the team. Oh, <laughs> shut up, man! <laughs> Don't give him that. You give him too much credit. That's, that's facts, man. That's facts. It is and facts. Now, you know, we, we you know, you know, if everything goes right, we're going to make the playoffs again, you know, six, seven years later that he's back on the team. So I think, you know, it's a good move. Um, it's a low-risk move for us. If you look at the contract details of it, you know, it was a non-guaranteed deal. We brought him in. Um, the Lakers brought him in and let him know that, hey, you know, we're not taking any of this foolishness. You know, you come in, you play your role. If you don't, we're going to waive you. So they heavily warned him that. And so all they asked him to do was to come in and rebound and defend the rim, and I think he can do that well, you know, and they say he's dropped 25 pounds, you know, and they say that during the workout, the scheduled workout, he showed up a day early uh, and, you know, uh, talked to the team, talked to the, the, some of the Lakers, and um, and he did a workout, and he showed that he really wants to change and wants to do better. Um, I know he said this before in the past, but, again, I think this is Dwight Howard's last chance, and I think he knows that if he messes up this time, uh, no one else is going to really really want him. He's been a journeyman towards these these last six years since he left us. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, just giving a little feedback on it, man, it was the best option that was out there for the Lakers. To me, that was out there on the market. Uh, I view Joe Kim Noah as mainly watched, even though he contributed a little bit to, I think that was Memphis he was with last year. He contributed a little bit, but he's pretty watched. We talked about Kenneth Fareed, but I don't think he's really a true five to really get down there he and bang. He destroyed us, though. Every yeah, time he played us, he destroyed he us. He destroyed us, but I think he's still more of a four to me in this league. And the main thing is you wanted to go get a five that can handle the physicality of your Jokic out there or when Nurkic comes back, Hassan Whiteside, those type of guys like that. Um, so I think it was the, the best move. And the thing about it, like Lowe said, it's a non-guaranteed deal. So if you want to cut bait at any point, you can cut bait and you can probably go and find and grab one of those other guys that will probably still be on the market. So I think it was the best move for the Lakers, and I think it's a it's a boom or bust type of thing. And you're really looking for him to provide about 20 minutes a night. You know, him and JaVale going to split those minutes. I think AD will see maybe two, two, about five minutes a night maybe playing that five, <laughs> maybe just like closing it the last couple which of minutes. Which he don't want to so, do. Which, yeah, he doesn't want to do. So that's why you have to go and make sure you grab the center because you can't, you know, say, A.D., let's give you some more minutes there. That's not what you're going to do. So I think it was the best move that the Lakers could have done. 
I think Dwight Howard was funny about that. I think Dwight Howard was in a place in his career is the same place where Melo is in his career, you know, just facing their egos and understanding their role, you know, understanding that father time is, is undefeated, you know, and I think that it started, it began really with Dwight Howard, his quest to become, to be on another team, he started doing interviews. He started, you know, kind of speaking out to, as to where his mindset is. And, you know, he's been on this, uh, I'm humble. I've given up my ego kick for, you know, at least a better part of the year. So, you know, I'm okay with the move. I think, like I said, alluded to, it's the best move we could have made in this situation and at this point. And I think that, you know, if, you know, like you said, it's boom or bust. And if he can't do it, then we just kick him to the curb. But I, I just can't help but have a bad taste in my mouth in the way he he left things. You know, when he left, you know, getting into it with Kobe and all of that, and, you know, just not being able to take criticism. LeBron ain't going to let you slide either now. You know, so hopefully, you know, hopefully he has changed. If he, if he hasn't really changed, then it's not going to work. Right. But I think Melo... I don't think the first take interview was enough. I think Melo's going to have to take some tips from Dwight Howard how he can get back in the league. Because until you can really prove that you've given up your ego, you're not going to be in the league. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. One, I guess one last thing before we either wrap up, move on, or whatever. How did y'all fellas celebrate Mamba Day, bro? Did y'all watch any Kobe highlights, any, any of the old games that were showing? You know, I know we all Kobe fans, so... We got to shout out, you know, the Black Mama, man. Nah, I, I just, I watched, rewatched that game, his last game, his six, uh, when he dropped 60 points. Oddly enough, um, when, when that game did happen, um, I woke up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't know if you guys seen this. I tweeted this uh, the other day. Uh, I woke up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. I was in Afghanistan, deployed at the time. And just to see his last game, um, because, again, this is a guy that I think all three of us is idolized. And so I just... Nothing in the world. I didn't want, did not want to miss this last game. So I woke up three o'clock in the morning and walked to work, uh, which is crazy, you know. Now that I'm thinking about it, and watched his his game um, on my. Uh, I streamed it on my uh, on my computer, and I was I was going crazy. I was going crazy watching that. Just how legendary he was, and and you know, I just I, I, the game misses him, you know. Yeah, it misses him. It'll never be another Mamba for sure. But I think a lot of times what's lost in it. You know, I see a lot of people's, you know, I look at the listings of, you know, he's had, I think he has the most 40 points, 40 point games out of anybody. But nah, Michael Jordan actually got more Michael 40 Jordan. point games, but. Well, you know, yeah. anybody he's compared to. When you talk about 50 and 60 point yeah. games, that's where Kobe kind of got the mark, but then you still got Wood out there too. I think yeah, Space yeah. are just taking I, I, the out of my I, out of my point. I mean, I love Kobe, no. but I just didn't want to misrepresent. <laughs> they could have let that slide. They wouldn't have looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no, nah, but, you know, I think that, you know, how people just gloss over him and they automatically say James Harden is the greatest score of all time. And when I looked at some of Kobe's highlights and his footwork and, you know, the way that he scored without traveling, you know, it's just, it's, just I did, you did. it's amazing. You know, he changed the game. And I think Kobe is the, Kobe, I always say Kobe is probably the best scorer of all time to me, yeah. you know, that I've ever seen, you know, even over James Harden. So I think even Kobe probably, I would go as far as to say he may be the, the most skilled player. Oh, most skilled player play. in league history. So, I mean, 
It is what it is. People just don't like Kobe, and that's all it is. That's why it's just hard for Kobe to really kind of get those types of, you know, people automatically skipping over him and comparing LeBron to Jordan, not Kobe. You know, like, it's just a thing where, you know, people don't like Kobe, so it's kind of like he's not a likable guy. It's yeah. either you like him or you don't. Yeah. It's no in-between with him. So, I mean, it is what it is. What you do? Huh? Yeah, I just I watched some highlights. I watched a few games that came on uh, NBA TV. One of the games that stuck out was his game against the Sacramento Kings, and I think the old one playoffs to close them out in that series. He dropped forty eight and like he had like sixteen rebounds or something Ooh. like that. Uh, and it was just a, a monster performance. He closed out the game. I think Shaq ended up falling out that game too, and he was just like, "I got it. Don't worry about it." Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that's, so, that's a it, great it moment. It was an iconic moment. So, just, so in honor of Mamba Day, what's your favorite Mamba moment? Just that my favorite Mamba moment was uh, just that six. That his last moment, his sixty points. Sixty points. That's so many. It's, I think so. I think the one that I like the most that really when they played the Dallas Math and he scored sixty one. In, uh, 62 in three quarters and Phil Jackson set him out set him, for yeah. the fourth quarter. He that probably would have got. That was his best game. He might have would have got. He would have got close to 100. That, that <laughs> was the best game. Like that was the best that Kobe to me ever played. Like, right. He, you when you outscore an entire team by yourself, like the score was literally Kobe 62, Dallas Mavericks 61. Like you outscore a whole team, that's ridiculous. Uh, but I would say my my Kobe moment would be uh, would be in '09 when he won his first championship without Shaq, and to me that stuck out because all he heard up until that point is Kobe can't do it without Shaq. Kobe can't be the leader of a championship team. Mm-hmm. All this kind of stuff like that, and so to me that championship stuck out because it was proving the critics wrong, and so that's why that's my top Kobe moment right there. Yeah, man. Shout out to Kobe, but like Mama C, Mamba Cita. Yeah. <laughs> but Kobe ain't slick. I see what he's doing. He uh, endorsing all the WNBA yeah. got going to him, showing interest in it. So when his daughter comes through, people be watching. Oh, yeah, I, I see what he doing. Gigi coming, man. Gigi coming. Yeah, but hey, another. Great episode. It's supposed to be short, but we yeah. ended up going. We once we get going, it's hard to stop, man. Shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to Shadow World. Shadow World. Yeah. Shadow World. Shout out to all everybody, all the loyal listeners who've been listening since episode one up until this point. Thank you for everybody that's been reposting our episodes when we post them. Just thank you for even listening. Even if this is your last time listening, you're like, oh, those guys suck. We never listen again. Thank you for giving us that, that <laughs> your time. Uh, we appreciate all the love and support and we're going to keep pushing and uh, until next time we record whenever that is we bid you adieu we hope everything works out well for you we out of here out later it bench warmers